a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, you've seen the headlines. Racial slurs were shouted at a black volleyball player at the BYU women's volleyball game over the weekend. That's wrong. It's inexcusable, unacceptable. But we've got to get past the headline and look at how do we actually move this forward? What are the conversations that we should be having to make our homes, our communities, and our country a better place? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. Of course, we've we've heard the headlines. We're starting to get a, a little bit of a picture of how things played out. And I would encourage everyone to not jump to instant certainty. To not jump to conflating a host of other issues or, or problems or challenges faced by individuals, organizations, or institutions. Uh, often that prevents us and keeps us a safe distance from having the crucial conversations, sometimes the uncomfortable conversations that we actually need to get to. And so be careful. There, There is a tendency to want to put everything in one bucket uh, and some are going to want to <clears throat> use it as a way to yell about other things, and that's a distraction. And so let's get to the right conversation. How do we have the right conversation when it comes to race, when it comes to racism, uh, when it comes to how we treat one another, regardless of race, background, religious belief, sexual orientation, or whatever it might be? Uh, because there is a path forward. And while the arc has been tremendously slow at times, faltering often and failing over and over, but still progressing. And that's an important thing to take courage in, that it is getting better. Now, there are a lot of things that we have to get right and get straight. There are a lot of conversations that have to be understood when it comes to racism, I am a firm believer in the call to root it out, all of it, root it out. And so what does that mean for each one of us? We might have to be part of the group that stamps it out. We might have to be the one to stand up and speak out. But it all starts with a look in the mirror. I had a fascinating conversation uh, two weeks ago with Coach Ray Scott. And Ray Scott had just authored a brand new book on race. It's called The NBA in Black and White, the memoir of a trailblazing NBA player and coach. Ray Scott Scott grew up in an era where there was a cap 
on the number of black players that any NBA team could have. He went past and through that, became a player, became a coach in the early 70s, and became the first black coach of the year in 1972. In my conversation with Coach Scott, I think I saw and I heard and I sensed a lot of the important things in terms of the path forward. Coach uh, Scott is now uh, 86 years of age and looking back on racial segregation, looking on race in the uh, sporting world in the United States of America. And where we go next, he had a very fresh perspective in terms of how do we have the conversation? How do we celebrate progress? And how do we ensure that we are all doing our part to make it better? So as I said, uh, Coach Ray Scott grew up during racial segregation in the United States, but he he hoped, even at this stage of his life, at age 86, that his book would inspire people to be agents of betterment. I wanted to write it from that perspective and not confuse, but really kind of inspire people to think about how we live then and where we are now, yeah. what we could do to make things better with where we are. Oh. And that's what I hope people come up with after they read the NBA in black and white, an inspiration to be better, make things better, become closer. And my dream is that we will all one day when we sit down, we will identify ourselves as Americans. I think that's so important that he ended on that word identity. Uh, we've heard a lot of that uh, over the the last uh, few months. Identity and and what is our identity? We live in an age of identity politics and identity division, and sometimes that identity division is not even real. It's driven by people who profit off of anger and fear, hate and frustration. And Coach Scott was saying, "No, no, 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 no. Let's let's identify differently. Let's identify around the things that actually unite us." rather than identifying around the things that divide us. Coach Scott gave me a really interesting perspective. He said that as a player, as a black man playing in the NBA in the late 60s, early 70s, he saw it all. He saw the good, he saw the progress, he saw the bad, and he saw where things just had to get better. I'm on one side over here with the NBA, uh, you know, going to really good restaurants, going to shows now, movies, wearing nice clothes. And on the other side was the United States of America and its problems, mm. which I could, I was still seeing and I was still living. So the coach was still living. He talked about going to our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And while he was this NBA player, suddenly had some wealth, uh, was able to do all of these things. And then he went to Washington, D.C., and couldn't go to the hotel. Uh, that's, a, that's a stark contrast. But he saw the progress. He, he kept engaging in that. And one of the things that Coach Scott remembered uh, that he really took great pride in was, was how many in his community came together to advance civil rights, uh, not to become bitter, but to become better, uh, and how to bring everyone more closely together based on an American identity. Change came about through people coming together in community. And I remember that. I remember that standing there, shivering in my boots sometimes at a protest. 
praying that we're not going to be beaten up. But the guy standing next to me was an Italian, and the guy the guy on the other side was Jewish, and so they believed in our community too. This is pre Vietnam War, right? And so this is just kids standing up for civil rights, standing up for guys that lived in their neighborhoods, guys that lived in their cities, families that lived in their cities. There was a strength in that, and there was a yeah. there was a strength in the sixties with us being united as a country, as young people. That strength comes in uniting as community. I, I love, I love that Coach Scott was saying, "Hey, here he was, this young kid, and he was going to a protest to stand up for civil rights." And he said, I, "He was scared, but the thing that gave him confidence, the thing that gave him strength, was knowing that the guy on the left side of him was Italian and the guy on the right side of him was Jewish, and that they believed in the community too." And so they were just kids standing up for each other. I think that's a lesson. That when we hear something like that, we experience something like that. That we can look around and say, wow, look, we're, we are all in this together. And that is where we draw strength. Coach talked about the fact that we, we had to come together with open hands, not clenched fists not just when it comes to physical violence, but when it comes to the rhetorical assaults that we often spew at each other. And whether that's based on race and ethnicity or religion or politics or position, it's the same. So Coach Scott explained what he thinks we need to do to make the country better. And guess what? It starts in our community. I want people to open their hands and grasp not only the hands of each other, but the thoughts of each other. The parallel between the NBA and the United States is not mistaken. That is intentional. I want people to do and watch and look at how the NBA has grown and how they have impacted communities, how they have raised people. To to wealthy stages, and that happened because of blood, sweat, and tears in the NBA. And I believe we can do that in America by bringing everyone to the table, opening your hands and your ears and your hearts and listening to each other. So it's not just about grasping each other's hands. It's grasping each other's thoughts. It's recognizing what binds us together, that identity that even transcends nationality, that is really otherworldly when we recognize the divinity, that identity in the people we interact with. And whether that's at a volleyball game, whether that's in a business meeting, whether that's on a train or a bus or in our own community, when we unclench our fists physically, mentally, emotionally, and open up wide to the possibility that we can learn that we can grow, and that we can be better together. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade, 
Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.